Hi, runner friends. Welcome to episode 108 of the podcast. It's an honor to have you here with me every week, tuning into my content. I ran my very first half marathon in over a year, my first race in over a year. One right here where I live, super fun, kind of spur of the moment decision. I literally signed up Wednesday evening. I had an 11 mile training run scheduled for this weekend. And I decided to just swap it with a half marathon. Why not, right? And get a chance to go run with other people. I don't do that very often, so that was exciting. It was by far the hardest, toughest course that I have run ever. It even exceeds the Mount Rushmore half marathon that I ran with as my very first half marathon. About 6,000 feet of ascent in the first half of the race. So it's up and back, literally up a mountain and then back down. But so pretty, so gorgeous. We all had a good time. So that was awesome. So I'm excited about today's episode because I think it's so relatable to so many of us. Finding harmony, embracing your relationship with the scale. Oh, the dreaded scale, right? Let me ask you this. How do you feel about your scale? Do you even have one? I'm just going to venture a guess. I bet you do. Now, do you love it or do you hate it? Does it dictate your emotions? For the last five or more years, I have been ignoring my scale. Doesn't mean I didn't still notice and reflect on my weight. I would, based on how my clothes fit. I think body image, food, and weight are such relevant topics, especially for women runners. As athletes, so many of us can relate to using exercise as a means to gain a desired body image. Running, therefore, becomes a vehicle by which we allow ourselves to eat for fun, i.e. indulge in sweet, salty, crunchy, alcoholic, or whatever treats and more. Now, sometimes as we indulge in the treats, maybe in excess of what our bodies and metabolism can handle, then of course, as a result, we gain weight. And then to compensate, we find ourselves racking up the weekly miles in an attempt to lose the excess weight. Our running habit is thereby intrinsically linked to our eating habit. Adding expectations to what we want out of running and thus pressure becomes part of our running habit. I want you to ask yourself how good that makes running feel then. A few weeks ago, I talked about loving what is on episode 105. It was an account of my journey from using self-denial as an attempt to create control and find external validation to embracing worthiness by creating internal, internal validation through loving what is. If you remember, I mentioned how my default response to weight gain used to be negative self-talk, which used to involve shaming myself verbally for allowing this to happen, as well as feeling of disappointment for having 
to lose the dreaded weight. Back then, there was a whole lot of resentment toward myself going on. But on the episode, I also mentioned that I was traveling a different road these days, which I am, and I want to share what I've noticed. And maybe it'll help you create awareness and maybe even break a pattern that doesn't serve you. In the episode, Loving What Is, I talked about being clear on what we make weight gain mean in answering this question and the subsequent question based on what I made each answer mean, I started noticing how much of my self-worth was attached to how I looked. Does that mean I don't care about my appearance? No, not at all. But I'm, I'm over having my mood dictated by the number on the scale. Do you know what I mean? Of course, getting older has given me a sense of confidence thanks to life experience but that by itself is not all there's more to it and it's a mind body connection that i that i've been nurturing in the last 2 3 years and it's not like these non-serving thoughts don't still pop in i think there is an idea out there that or a wish or a hope that if only we could fix something then We won't ever have to deal with similar non-serving thoughts again. And I really think it's a mistake to look at it this way. Because what you stand to gain through creating self-awareness and self-compassion is the capacity to deal with these thoughts and feelings when they do pop up. I know our go-to response so often is, we wish we wouldn't even think about something when it's hard, but think about how much more empowering it is if you get comfortable handling your own response. So today I want to share with you what I've done since deciding that yes, I want to lose weight. Some people prefer to call it release weight from the belief that anything we lose, we usually find again. And while I appreciate the the sentiment lose weight still seems to resonate better with me, but You call it whatever you feel resonates the best. And so I want to share how I responded to my thoughts and feelings. So the biggest difference was how I made the decision to want to lose weight. As I mentioned in episode 105, my weight loss decision used to be made out of panic. Kind of like, oh crap, I've gained weight. Now I have to lose it. Sort of non-serving attitude and mentality. But this time it was different. I stayed in the awareness of it much longer, we're talking weeks and months, and continued to love and accept my body instead of feeling dread or negative thoughts towards it. It was more of an observation period, and it helped helped me having the tools to ask good questions from all the coaching I've received because it never then escalated into panic for me. I considered for myself how being on a diet would feel and if I would struggle. I think most people feel resentment towards the external limitations they believe a diet puts on them. You know, bye-bye fun foods or treats, drinks, etc. And I think this is where the success or failure of a diet really lies. In getting clear for ourselves and why losing weight is important to us. And if it's founded in fear and resentment you're going to start playing hooky from yourself right from the get-go because you're not behind it. 
Now, this was a step I never took in, in years past when I wanted to lose weight. Interestingly, it was a step I took when I decided to quit drinking alcohol back at the end of 2019. And we're talking 2023 today. And I haven't had any alcohol since then. And I think it goes to show the impact, the impact of good thought work, good mindset work has in creating decisions that feel aligned to us and that last. Now, a quick tangent here. But as a runner, I want you to ask yourself what it would feel like if you could run because you wanted to. Because movement is good for you mentally, physically, and spiritually. And not because you worry about how many calories you'll burn. Think about if the number one thing you want to improve in your running is speed so you can run faster and longer and burn more calories. Is that the case? What if you could separate running and calories burned? How would running feel then? Ask yourself that. Really check in with yourself in that question and see what comes up as an answer for yourself. A couple of weeks ago, I started using a food tracking free one on my phone to log everything I eat and drink. Mostly, I would say, kind of create awareness because it forces me to actually not just picking a food, but then also in logging it, there is an extra step of processing everything. So it's created a lot of awareness for me around my choices around food and obviously serving sizes and whatnot. It has a barcode scanner and it makes it easy to track my intake. Now, some non-serving thoughts that might pop up for you could be, well, I don't have time to track my food or I don't have time to measure my food. But I'm here to tell you, the truth is you do have the time. It's your thoughts around it that creates resistance towards tracking it. It could be non-serving thoughts saying that, mm, no, I don't want to, subconsciously, you, you don't want to do it. And so thoughts like this, I don't have time to track my food, pops in. And so that's because the decision to want to lose weight has not fully been processed, right? You're not on board with it. Now, you might be compounding this if you also feel some kind of negative emotions around your journey, especially if those emotions go unprocessed. Now, alongside tracking my food, I've also started weighing myself daily. Remember, it's been well over five years since I've done this because the scale used to dictate my mood. Now, whenever I notice fluctuations on the scale, I invite myself to explore what meaning I'm attaching to it. You know, it might go down one day and then a little up the next day and then down. And I've observed a recurring tendency to create almost an us versus them response. Although I'm not entirely sure who them represents. And so when I catch myself in that mindset, I, I process a feeling and remind myself that I'm the one in control of this journey. It's not some kind of externally put or externally put decision, externally made decision. I made the decision. I choose whether I want to lose weight or not. And I take responsibility for that decision. And the difference is at this time, I'm approaching weight loss with compassion rather than feelings of inadequacy if I don't lose weight. And so far, I've noticed that tracking my food, like I said, has made me more intentional about my choices 
I take the time to consider if I truly want to eat something, including the calories it entails. Sometimes this awareness leads me to make different choices, while other times I consciously decide to stick with my initial choice. Either way, I embrace my decision free from that panic or resentment that I used to have. And that's a big difference. This mindset shift is powerful and it helps me stay committed to the process at a whole different level than ever before. Even if I choose to self-sabotage, I recognize that it's okay because it's an opportunity for growth, right? Because I can process those emotions then. And when we develop the capacity to acknowledge and allow these feelings, things start to change. When intense feelings arise while using the food tracker, it's been really helpful for me to get present with them. It's my body's way of communicating that something deeper is going on, an issue unrelated to food, really. And it's, I think so many of us miss this step and it's key in really tuning into what's going on. Many of us have been conditioned to use food or treats as a means of soothing our emotions, right? Think about it for you if that's something you recognize from growing up. Now, a life coach I follow says, and I'm quoting her, we don't have an overeating problem. We have an underfeeling problem, end of quote. It's just astounding. Reflect on that statement for a second because it it's, suggests that the solution isn't a one-size-fits-all diet. It won't because it won't teach us how to cultivate awareness of our emotions. Overeating is merely a symptom of underlying feelings that we haven't addressed. So as I say this, I realize that you might have an objection like, I could never do that. I've never done anything like it before and I don't have the patience or time. But here's the truth. You can do it, runner friend. Think about all the running milestones you've accomplished. Double digit distances, speed intervals, long easy runs at low heart rate. You've achieved incredible things in running. and You have the ability to succeed in this too. Embrace the belief that you are capable and deserving of creating a healthy and more mindful approach to food and weight. Does my journey resonate with you, runner friend? Have you experienced the weight of negative self-talk and self-loathing while desperately seeking joy in your running? If this sounds familiar. I want to offer you the support and understanding you need. Join us inside my Runner's Mind Collective. It's an inclusive community you'll find the encouragement and guidance you've been looking for. Enrollment is open and it's a four months commitment. Click the link in the show notes to find out if this is what you've been looking for. Wishing you a great week ahead.